Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And on this episode... Jamie, whoa, 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 brother. Where are we? This is not our typical environs. This isn't even a round table. <laughs> Spoilers for everybody who's in the room. Who picked a name? It's never been a round table. It's pure <laughs> shtick. Come on, come on. Keep, keep, keep the dream alive. Keep the dream alive. So, where, Sammy, where are we? So, we are podcasting from WillCon. Now, as our listeners know, HerdCon was our first convention ever. So, we are going to give this a second go. And if you listen to our Ghostbusters episode, you can already pretty much tell you can hear well. So, that's probably a good thing. And I can hear my podcast uh, buddies here, too. So, that's a positive. Uh, lessons were learned. We have a much smaller audience than last time, but we can hear each we can other hear. and we can record ourselves well. Yes. Well, we were able to get a private room this time yes. instead of being in the main circle of the convention. <laughs> so with people walking by, so that makes a big difference. So again, we'd like to thank everybody for showing up. Uh, hopefully uh, more people will come and go as uh, as we're going. But guys, I am super excited to be here at WheelCon, especially talking about a classic of modern cinema. And we, we saved this movie for this event. Um, we've yeah, wanted to we talk did. about The Princess Bride for a long time, but we knew Will Khan was coming, and so we saved uh, reviewing The Princess Bride, one of the... Is it a perfect movie? Are perfect movies a thing? If, the, if there is one, it is this movie. Um, spoilers on my grade. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and so, I, I mean... Do we want to start with grades right away? Do we want to launch into it? Any opening thoughts? Sammy? Well, you know, what's what's really funny with this movie, okay, um, as, as my, you know, my fellow hosts know and as, you know, anyone who knows me, you know, I am the nerd. Now, my significant other, she is not. So very often in our relationship, I'm doing this, this question, uh, I'm looking at her going, you mean you've never seen this movie <laughs> She had never seen Psycho. She had never seen, you know, these types of things. So the tables got turned. Mm-hmm. She looks at me and goes, have you seen Princess Bride? And I went, no, I haven't. So this was a years ago. So this was the tables turned on me. And from the moment I saw it, you know, giving similar to Jamie, kind of giving away for some things, I just, I fell in love. True love, I guess it would be with this movie. Uh, with just what the Princess Bride was, and I, I think that if if a person doesn't like the Princess Bride, I can't like them. I mean, there's, I mean, there's something wrong with you. Well, I've got three words to say for this movie, and it's a translation of what was said in the movie, translated to "I love you, as you wish." I love this movie. This, like I said, it's modern classic, 1987. You have Robin Wright, Carrie Elwes, um, Mandy Patinkin, Andre the Giant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Christopher Sarandon. Who? I mean, this is brilliant. Billy Crystal. The cast is made. Does definitely. not get any better. Oh, definitely. Does not get any better. But they lucked into it. Did you know that? Most of these people were not supposed to be in this movie. Well, for this to be like a you know a, a B or C list on the casting, I think that this was an A. How dare you, sir? As far as well, I mean, you like you said, most of these people they they didn't want to you know 
with the casting, but you know this is an A plus cast. This cast worked together so well. The chemistry, the interaction was so beautiful and natural. Yeah. And, um, and you know when you think about it, I mean, even looking at the movie, the cinematography is just gorgeous. It fits a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. So the cast is great, the setting's great, the concept is wonderful. But so. at the same time, so the cinematography is beautiful. It's beautifully filmed, it's creatively, like the you know, scene creation, but they know the kind of movie they're making because yeah. there are janky things in this movie. Yeah, they the, own so. The RUS is look terrible. The, in the sword fight, which I will defend is the greatest sword fight ever set to film. Yes. That bar they swing on is clearly nothing in nature. <laughs> they land on trampolines. I mean, they know what movie they're making, you know? Well, and that's the beauty of this movie. They knew what they were making, and they owned it, and they'd done it to the, t- to the yeah. nines. You know, they'd done it excellent. So let's go ahead and jump into our grades here. Now, guys, I know we've got our honor circle of movies. I'm, I'm really concerned about this one because I know my castmates have pulled out, even myself, have pulled out some really sketchy grades for some really great movies or maybe some really generous grades on not so great movies. <laughs> I feel like shade's being thrown my way. Uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, if, if the shoe fits, you've got to go dancing, baby. Yeah, I've made you unhappy a few times. Okay, so who wants to start off with their grade? All right, so gentlemen. I'll, I'll go first. I, I spoiled mine already. It, this is an A-plus movie. Um, it's nearly flawless. I mean, the acting, the direction, um, the script is, I mean, perfect. I, mm-hmm. I love this movie. And if it's not in the ring of honor, I mean, we may have to take a vote and fire some people. So, <laughs> Sammy, what you got? Uh, just the same thing. This is an A+. Plus. Um, when I'm watching this movie, you know, a few times now, there's just, just every time I'm drawn back into it, I'm drawn back into the characters. And, yeah, some of it does look janky, but it's on purpose. Yeah. It's meant to be satirical. And it m- matches that exactly the way it should. Well, I'm going to echo the echo of an echo, <laughs> and, and this is going to be an A-plus down the board. So this does make our honor circle. Right. Uh, like you said, this is a nearly flawless movie, and I love the meme that's been going around Facebook lately. You know, um, you know, let's, let's watch an a- action movie. It's The Princess Bride. Well, let's watch a comedy. It's The Princess Bride. Let's watch a scary movie. It's The Princess Bride. You know, let's watch a romantic movie. It's The Princess Bride. You know, uh, this movie, it, it, it covers it all. And I love that it, it's, it's clearly a fairy tale, and they tell the fairy tale well, but also they play with a lot of the tropes of fairy tales. Very much so. It's such a clever way, but also not with, like, there's no snark. They, even as they're sort of poking fun at the tropes, they're enjoying the tropes. They're, I mean, it's just, I love the balance of that. They do it lovingly. Yeah. Yeah, they truly do. Well, let's take a quick break, gentlemen, and come back with our world-famous pan and fan graphically novel three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week listen as the brothers fugit discuss classic and not so classic graphic novels subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice graphically novel three brothers who like each other but love comics i'm sorry i was slow coming back um my phone was dinging again. Sorry, guys. 
Um, but is it an episode of Nerds Around Table if my phone doesn't go off? Um, true. <laughs> so we're going to begin with fan. And this is the segment of the show where we talk about the things that we love the most. These are the things that we are the biggest fans of from the um, piece of media we're covering. There's so much in this movie <laughs> to be a fan of. Um, Dwayne, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I am a huge fan of... Uh, first off, the most obvious thing about this movie is when you look at the case, you see the mid- medieval costumes and, and the setting. Um, I have the Buttercup edition um, on DVD, so uh, it's, it's always glorious. But the thing I love is how they introduce the story with this sick young man, Fred Savage, um, you know, his, his grandfather, Columbo, I mean, Peter Falk, coming in. And, uh, you know, introducing this story to him and how he's just like, oh, really, a book? Come on, Gramps. You know, what's the deal? You know, he's going to pinch my cheek. <laughs> and, you know, and he does all of these things, but you just see this loving relationship. And that's the thing about this movie is just the heart and the love and how we're introduced to the story in this way. See, I, I, that was the top thing on mine, too. I love the framing narrative. Yeah. It's, it's so smart and so clever, and the relationships there are so real mm-hmm. um and he kind of reminds me of my grandpa so there's like an extra thing there for yeah, me yeah. um even kind of looks like him but um it's really in terms of filmmaking though it's really smart because there's a couple of spots in this movie where there would be really difficult scene transitions and they dodge it completely and totally by With having peter falk do the transition basically mm-hmm. and so fred savage and peter falk do that effortlessly and so um it's a really smart uh, aspect to this movie i, I love the way they film it well, you know, and what better narrator do you have but Columbo himself <laughs> reading the book? And, you know, you know, and what's interesting is in this this framing sequence, you've got a very veteran actor in Peter Falk. You know, this guy has been Columbo, has been in all of these different movies. And then on the other side, you've got Fred Savage. And this is pre-Wonder Years Fred Savage. This is before he becomes a household name, you know, playing on, on this the television show. So to place kind of a young actor with such a, like I said, a veteran actor like Peter Falk, to me, just automatically kind of makes that better. Yeah. Sammy, anything you want to highlight next? Uh, you know, as far as with me... Um, you know, once we get into the introduction of our characters, you know, we get these three really interesting guys, right? <laughs> we get Vinzini, played by Wallace Shawn. We get Fezzik, played by the aforementioned Andre the Giant. And then Mandy Patinkin, playing Inigo Montoya. And they're warmongers. That's <laughs> yeah. what they are. Mercenaries. You know, and this is so interesting because... Wallace Shawn is not a typical villain. So this is a really interesting casting for this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's these, there's these mercenaries they've hired to start a war. And what I, what I, I mean, this is just a behind-the-scenes thing that amuses me, is Wallace Shawn was not who they wanted for this part. Which I, They wanted Danny DeVito. And Wallace Shawn apparently found out right before they started filming that they really, he was not who they wanted. And apparently every scene he's in, he's like, He's, he's in his own head thinking, okay, how would Danny DeVito do this scene? I have to do it better than Danny DeVito. <laughs> how he would do this scene. Um, but you're right. I mean, you guys are going down my notes here. I'm not going to have a, pa- a fan left by the time you all get done. Um, I love, the, the, I specifically love the relationship between uh, Fezzik and Montoya. Yeah. That, that friendship feels so real, and it's a truly beautiful thing. Like, the way they do the rhyme game, it's clear mm-hmm. Montoya is trying to make him feel good. 
He's trying to you know cheer him up after Vincini's been so terrible to him. The fondness they have for each other, but also the respect. They really respect each other. Um, I, I, I love that relationship. Yeah, their, their dynamic there uh, between the three villains uh, is so defined and clear. You know, you have the brute, you have the finesse of the sword fighting, and you have the, the supposed brains of Vincini. Socrates, here. Aristotle, morons! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, uh, another pan of, of mine, or a fan, a fan of mine that I'm really... Uh, they establish Wesley... And Buttercup. Yes. Dude, I, okay, I, need, okay. I need a turn. Come on. Here, okay, I'm going to give Jamie a turn because if you if You're you taking all my see, stuff. We, we, we've not looked at each other's notes, but I see Jamie over here shaking his head, marking <laughs> off notes as me and Sam are, are going down the list. They're going so, down my list in order even. <laughs> Jamie, do you have any fans that you like do. to I do. Okay. I want to I highlight, not just the shit between uh, Carrie Owens and uh, Robin Wright. Not Penn yet, Robin Wright. Um, but Carrie Owens especially, I, everything he does in this movie is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, every facial expression, every knowing look he gives, um, his, his comedic timing is perfect. That calm and knowing look he gives, the even his sort of like calm demeanor right before he dives into the uh, the quicksand. I mean, just everything he does in this movie is perfect. Um, but my, I just want to kind of ask like a side question on that one. I guess a side topic. I, I'm sorry. We try to avoid rabbit trails. I'm starting one. Um, has he ever really worked in anything else completely, though? Because um, he's kind of playing Wesley in Robin Hood Prince and uh, Men in Tights. Men in Tights, yeah. So it's basically the same character. And I don't know if he's really worked in anything else. I think I think it doesn't work. You know, I remember him in, what was it, uh, the Alicia Silverstone, The Crush? He was in... You know, he was just kind of a pretty boy. You know, he, yeah. he didn't do bad in that, just to be a pretty face. And then you He was have, in Days of Thunder. Uh, he was in Twister. Yeah, he was in Days of Thunder. Um, he's pretty much, other than being Wesley, he's been like a smarmy bad guy. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, especially his most recent <laughs> turn in Stranger Things Stranger season Smarmy three. bad guy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, smarmy bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of. Uh, do you think? Do you think he got like pigeonholed? Like this is the only thing he can do, or if he his like, his, his kind of charm is only good for like pure-hearted Wesley or smarmy jerk? I th- yeah, I think he. I think that's <laughs> I his. That works for I don't want to say his only dynamic, yeah. but I think that's where he's been pigeonholed is either a jerk or the pretty boy. But he, but his his performance in this movie is so heartwarming, and I just I love I love everything. I don't think he has. Other than them not getting his mustache right for any two scenes in a row, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with his performance in this movie. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> anything else we want to highlight, guys? Well, you know, speaking about, about Wesley, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed about this is where it is based upon a work of fiction, where it's based upon a fairy tale, you see a very classic narrative structure. So even within all this satire and all this stuff, there's a really basic narrative structure. This rule of three that gets played throughout the, the kind of the, the whole breadth of fiction writing. So even with the three, you know, the three characters, Vinzini and Fezzik and Montoya, even with Wesley battling the three of them, you know, having to do the three trials, you know, think about fiction and characters having to, to defeat three different trials. Think about every video game you've ever played to beat each level to move on. So we had battles of skill, battles of strength, and battles of wit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Wesley wins them all. 
you know, even the quote-unquote bad guys in this movie, and, uh, you know, we, we keep talking about Andre the Giant, you know, Fezzik and Vincini and Montoya. I want to speak to the prince, Humperdinck, and um, the man Speaking with... Speaking of smarmy bad guys. The, the six-fingered bad guy. Um, Rugen. Rugen, yeah, yes, Rugen. Uh, played by uh, Christopher Guest, brilliantly. Um, Nigel from Spinal Tap. <laughs> I can't believe it's the same dude. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, they even the bad guys are written so well and so in detail. You know, so many times, even with the new resurgence of these Marvel movies, all of our bad guys are just two dimensional. But these guys, you really, you know, get to see a little bit deeper into them, the way their characters are portrayed and everything. You, you were mentioning Christopher Guest. I I love 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 the scene after he's been torturing Wesley, and he's like just calmly. Now, now tell me, how did that feel? How did that make you feel? <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, this is for posterity. I just I love the performance. I'm I've sorry. just removed five years from your life. <laughs> Could you tell me how you feel? Well, you mentioned Chris Sarandon as, as Prince Humperdinck. You know, obviously, like I said, I was a little late to this movie, so when I saw him, I recognized him from Fright Night. He played mm. the vampire Jerry Dandridge in Fright Night. And so as soon as I saw him, I was like, I know that guy. Where have I seen him before? And then it hit me. It was Fright Night. And that's, that was my first introduction to him as an actor, really. And since you referenced Fright Night, you are now, you are now officially old. Yes. <laughs> that is an old man reference. Night. <laughs> <laughs> We have a few members of the audience shaking their head, going, no, we're not old. I, I think there is literally one member of the audience that knows what Fright Night is. <laughs> um, the only thing I've got left that I really wanted to make sure we highlighted was a real sort of general idea. And it's just the heart of the movie. This yeah. is a movie that has charm. Um, there's, there's nothing cynical about this movie. Um, it's all good natured. There's a heart about it. There's a charm about it. Um, and that's kind of refreshing because everything that's been made, maybe since this movie was made, has had some kind of snark to it, some kind of cynicism. And for the movie to have such a, a joy about it is really refreshing. And and I felt that, as I mean, I could have almost quoted this movie as I was rewatching. I didn't really need to rewatch it, but the but the whole like atmosphere of the movie kind of washed over me again as mm -hmm. I watched it again. I was like, man, we need more movies like this. That aren't, aren't aren't afraid to be charming, aren't afraid to be good-hearted. We need more more Princess Brides, well, but we don't need the Princess Bride again. No, well, right. I know it's been a topic of much discussion. The remake. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, you know what it is is as as different as this movie is, like I said, as satirical as it can be, it also has parts that are so reminiscent of Golden Age Hollywood. I mean, the sword fight yeah. section, I mean, that Your could have Errol easily Flynn. been Errol Flynn, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., you know, especially Tyrone Power playing Zorro in The Mark of Zorro. So, I mean, with Wesley dressed in black fighting Montoya. You know, I mean, that's Golden Age Hollywood, and that heart is there. And now, sir, you are ancient. You brought up <laughs> Errol Flynn. <laughs> As you can tell, Sammy is probably the most educated among us <laughs> at the table. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Jamie, I entirely echo and agree with all of your points. But there's a couple things I want to bring up in, in the fan section here. Okay, good. I was afraid you were transitioning to pains. I had a couple of Miracle things. Miracle Max. I love Miracle Max. Oh, You're yeah. You're so right. 
you know, have fun storming the castle. You know, <laughs> when they bring him to him dead, he's, he's well, he's not quite dead yet. And, and they have to make I'm not thing. a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> and, you know, it's just so much fun here and, in this movie. And to take Billy Crystal as Miracle Max and play him opposite Carol Kane. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, they were just that. a perfect duo yeah. for the, for, for, you know, Miracle Max, for Max and Valerie. I mean, they were. I've seen worse. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, that's so great. And then, you know, when they are formulating the plan after when Wesley's beginning to come out of his, his uh, you know, almost deadness, and you have Andre the Giant in the uh, in the Holocaust cloak being set yeah. on fire, raiding the gate, and just the whole raid on the castle, uh, you know, uh, Andre the Giant finding the four horses. I mean, it's how much more perfect can you be? Yeah. But because we're in a fairy tale, we don't nitpick it. Because in like a normal movie, you're like, oh, you just happened to find four horses. I would find that annoying in a lot of movies. But then Montoya was able to take that and say, Fesk, you did something right. So he gets his he gets his award instead of us saying, oh, what a, what a strange coincidence because it's a fairy tale. And they turn into something so beautiful. You know, and even the little bit pieces, the character actors, Peter Cook as the clergyman, okay? <laughs> marriage. Now, <laughs> marriage. So... You know, Peter Cook is actually a British satirist and comedian. He's been in movies, television. He's even written books. One of his most famous is, tragically, I was an only twin. (laughs) (laughs) I want to read that. Yeah, but there's so many scene stealers in this movie. Yes. Um, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, and there's two of that whole scene almost steals the whole movie. It's great. Do, do you also get like a Monty Python vibe from mm-hmm. this movie a lot? Yeah. There's a definitely Monty, Monty Python moment. Yeah, how they much. took the, the humor literal at times, you know, you know, walk this way. And, and <laughs> some of the wordplay kind of kind of gives you that vibe too. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. Are we done with fan? I believe so. Anybody else? All I'm, right. I'm, let's transition to what is normally our next segment on the show. This is pan. This is where we pan the things in the movie we don't like. Um, I have a little hyphen on my notes with nothing after it. It's blank. I literally could not find anything but Carrie Elwes' mustache that was, <laughs> it was a flaw in this movie. Um, now, here's the thing, though. Sammy, do you have anything to paint in this movie? You know, and this is the thing, once again. Watch e- it. Even <laughs> the things that normally in a movie that I would pan... I just accept yeah. and I love. I mean, the rats of unusual size. <laughs> I mean, when he goes, oh, they don't exist, and the one jumps him and rolls around on the ground. Yeah. Okay? I mean, normally in a movie, I would go, oh my gosh. But I just accepted it in this movie, and I loved every minute of it. I, I love later, too, because he's got that supposedly the big bite on his shoulder. <laughs> and when the albino is cleaning his wounds, it's just w- washing off. There's no <laughs> wound. They don't even try to hide it. Yeah. Okay, so Dwayne, do you have anything to pan, sir? I'll tell you, the only pan I was able to find in this movie was in the kitchen. Uh, when Buttercup was asking for the pot, there's nothing wrong with this movie to me. Uh, you know, and like like Sam was saying, some of the things that we could nitpick about or get upset about, this movie just takes and rolls and turns into such a loving thing, and that that makes this movie just so and un- really unable to pan in my book. So, so so gentlemen, we we do have a member of Slytherin House in the audience. 
and they, they have not yet had to cast a curse, so I think we're in good shape. <laughs> but I, I see them. Uh, but I see the them wand ready. was ready. Yes, the yes. Wand the wand was out and ready, <laughs> just in case. All right, guys, you're safe. I, I was expecting a stupefy there for a moment. but uh, um, I requested Crucio, thank you very much. Uh-oh. <laughs> nope. No pains of this movie. All right, yeah. so um, normally, uh, hold on, do we need a break, Dwayne? Let's take a brief okay. break, and we will come back with our awards. And welcome back to Nerds of the Round Table. And we are ready for our awards. Now, we have uh, made this open. So if anyone in our audience would like to also chime in, you know, you're, you're under no duress at all, we promise. Um, so what we usually do is, with our awards, we pick out the things that we really like about the movie. And since we were here at Wilcon, we wanted to kind of go with what are the three biggies, the ones we have no matter what movie it is that we've, we've looked at uh, in our history. And that is favorite quote, favorite character, and favorite scene. So we can give ours, but we can also open the floor if any of our listeners or audience would love to also do that. So, Dwayne, I'll let you go first on quote, and if anybody wants to head to the mic to give theirs, they can. And if not, then we will finish off the award. So, favorite quote, Dwayne. You my, always have weird ones on quotes. Yeah, my I'm favorite quote uh, on this one is not one that you might think about, <laughs> uh, just, just like you, you said. And I use it way too much. Uh, normally at least once, sometimes twice a day. You keep using this word. It does not mean what you think it means. You keep using this word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> uh, Mon- Montoya to, uh, to v- uh, Vecini. Yes. Uh, when he keeps saying the word inconceivable. That's right. Inconceivable. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing that, folks. All right. Uh, <laughs> so as, as far as my favorite quote... I did pick an off-the-wall one, and it's only because I love the scene. So Buttercup and Wesley are walking through the forest, and as they first walk in, Wesley goes, it's not that bad, and she gives him that look. Now, I've had this look before, so I know this look, and in turn, that's why I like this. He goes, well, I'm not saying I want to build a summer home here, (laughs) but the trees are quite lovely. (laughs) My my favorite quote isn't probably it's not the best quote in this movie. We did we did take with the awards. If you're listeners, you've noticed we usually give best with the Princess Bride. We didn't think it was possible to give best, best. awards. So we went with favorite. Oh, we've got one. Okay, hold on. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I went with a strange one. So when when Miracle Max has made Wesley uh, given him the uh, the thing to get him back from being mostly dead, he waves happily and says, "Have fun storming the castle." I say that at least once a week. Whenever somebody is leaving me and I'm not leaving with them, I always yell, have fun storming the castle. That's my favorite quote. All right. We do have an audience member who would like to uh, chime in. So, yes. Okay. I'm 
like the quote that Peter Fox says when he's reading the story to his grandson, when I was your age, television was called books. <laughs> yes, because, you know, as a teacher, I, I deal with that all the time. Kids can't believe that when we were growing up that we had like four TV stations and all that stuff. So I have to say that's my favorite quote. All right. Thank you. Okay. Um, now, favorite character, and there's a lot of directions to go with this one. Um, Sammy, who is your favorite character in The Princess Bride? You know, as far as characters, I really have to go with Inigo Montoya. I loved that character. Uh, there was such a heart, and Mandy Patinkin brought that in. You know, even when, you know, the part where he's talking about his father, and, and yes, you know, everybody loves the part where he says, you know, my name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you know, you killed my father. Prepare to die. You know, and that's been used in so many places. But there's just something about that character to me, the way that Mandy Patinkin plays it. It's just, it's such an endearing character. He's my favorite, too. Yeah, um, I heard a neat thing about that, Jamie, if I can interject you real oh, do, quick. Do, do, do. I heard a neat thing about the the way he played that part in that role. Uh, when he was saying, you know, you, you killed my father, now prepare to die. Um, said he was referring to his father had passed away from, from a battle with cancer. Hmm. And he, he was hmm. portraying him like he was speaking to the cancer that had taken his father from him. Oh, wow. And that oh, where, was where he got the power to uh, give that line and what made it so meaningful. And um, and I, I love um, just the way he I love the interacts with other people. Like the way he's, like when he's dueling Wesley, like he's so respectful to him. Like they recognize the artistry, you know, for, for each one. They recognize the true, you know, artists of the blade in each other. And they, you know, there's that respect they get. Like, yes. You know, you know, he won't hurt him when he's down, all that kind of thing. Um, I love the way, he, the tenderness he has for Andre the Giant, who despite the fact that he is literally a giant, <laughs> um, who is such a big human that when the, because the seasons turned while they were filming this movie, and it got crazy cold, and Robin Wright kept really getting cold, Andre the Giant would put his hand on her head to keep her warm, and his hand <laughs> would cover her entire skull. Um, so that giant of a human, and Manny Patinkin is like this, just has this tender attitude toward him. Like he's this yes. big brother to this giant, you know. So I, I love Montoya. Um, I love his quest for revenge, and, and now that his revenge is done, what he's going to do with his life, you know. I was, I was setting you up, Sammy. He'd make a great Dread Pirate Roberts. Yes, he would. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my favorite character is Montoya, too. Montoya. Well, I'm going to uh, go a uh, little bit of a left ball here, and, but I'm still going to stick with the trio. Um, I am in love with Andre the Giant. His uh, demeanor, I mean, he's this humongous monstrosity of a thing. Um, as Vecini says to him, you're this great thing. You're this... You know, wonder. You are the Bruce Squad. And he's just so tender and loving in this movie. And he's just like, you know, when he could take out Wesley, you know, he throws a rock and warms and warns him. He says, I didn't have to miss. He's like, I know you didn't. <laughs> Wouldn't be sporting so, of him. <laughs> yeah. So would any one of our audience members like to share their favorite character? Any takers? I Okay, then we will move on to favorite on to scene. Favorite I'm going to go first because you all have stolen my stuff <laughs> for every part of my outline. Um, my favorite scene, and I, I, I'm not objective, but 
I think this really is the best scene in the movie, and it's when uh, Montoya has finally caught up to the man that killed his father. And he gets stabbed, and he's um, set in both shoulders, and he's slumped against the wall, and he's weak, and he starts saying the, the saying that everybody knows, my yes. name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die. And as he works himself up, and, and his, his bravery and his courage, and he gets stronger, and as, as, as he gets louder in saying the thing, he, you know, he's physically responds to his to his emotions and then he gets uh, him pinned against the wall and the guy's you know offering him stuff he's like offer me anything it's like money wealth whatever he and he, he says offer me anything anything he says i want my father back and he stabs yep. him it's just such a powerful moment and it uh it may have gotten a little dusty in the room uh, at that moment um not full-on ugly crying but there may have been a tear roll or two, but I think I think that is for me. It is the best scene in the movie, the most emotionally powerful scene in the movie. Yeah, very much yeah, so. That that was probably one of the one of the most emotional payoffs in the movie. And this movie is just too joyous to have, like you say, ugly crying. But you know, you, you do have that emotion. <laughs> it was so, dusty in the room, though. I'm, okay, I'm not so lie. <laughs> Sam, what is your favorite scene? You know, as a as we've already established, uh, I'm ancient. So, uh, you know, I'm a fan of movies, right? And so I grew up watching with a lot of movies with my grandfather. And that's the reason I know Errol Flynn and Douglas Fairbanks Jr. And because of that and because of the, the, the memories I have of watching those types of movies, my favorite scene is, is Wesley and Inigo's sword battle. Because it just to see that and and the way it was done, the way it was choreographed, it just brought back those great memories of watching, you know, Captain Blood, watching, you know, um, Robin, Adventures of Robin Hood, you know, those types of movies. Best sword fight ever committed to film, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Okay. Well, you guys uh, have picked two phenomenal scenes, two great scenes from the movie. But I'll tell you what is so pivotal to this movie. One of the hinges that this movie uh, especially the third act falls upon is when they're on the wall making the plan <laughs> and Wesley's mostly dead and he's just all flopping around. I love the way his head flops around. And then he just slings his arm over it. He'll sling his head around. <laughs> and just, <laughs> and just, just all of this, you know, craziness. And then, so just that whole interaction there. And then he's moving his thumb and Andre says, you move, You just wiggled your finger. That's that's a good job there. You know. Be nice with me. Been mostly dead all day. Yeah. So that's that's going to be uh, my favorite. Uh, it's not the right answer, but it's a strong it's, answer. It's a strong answer. <laughs> yeah, it's a strong answer. You know, and the truth is, with this movie, these awards could go any way. I mean, there are just so many quotable moments and so many characters that you're just instantly drawn into, those scenes that are just burned into your memory. So, I mean, this could go anyway. I mean, we, we talked about Humperdinck, right? And, and so I kind of had, back at quote, I kind of had an honorable mention. You That's know, cheating, Dwayne. Uh, Sammy. Well, we, well, we've talked about this. <laughs> I was expecting Dwayne right? to cheat. No, well, we, we've talked about this. I listen to your other podcast, Graphically Novel, and your brothers <laughs> cheat constantly. So so it is causing me to, you know, it, it's a bad influence. So <laughs> let Sam and Josh know they're a bad influence on me. Um, so I just have to throw this in because... You know, Humperdinck plays such a straight character. And like I said, Chris Sarandon always makes me think of Fright Night. But then he delivers this line, Tyrone, you know how much I love watching your work. 
but I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gildar to frame for it. I'm swamped. And to have an actor like Chris Sarandon playing so straight and come across as so funny in that moment. So I'm going to give that as an honorable mention to quote before we close this thing out. Okay, well, hold on a second, because I was just laying my hand on Jamie's shoulder to say, I've been listening to Graphically Novel as well, so I think the cheating needs to keep on going. So so Sam and Josh, thank you for this. So, um, we, um, yeah, an, an honorable mention uh, as a scene for me, and I'm going to go with uh, multiple scenes here, but just the whole interaction between Fred Savage and Peter Falk as, as, yeah. as grandfather and grandson, you know, anchoring this movie, doing the, the difficult transitions, keeping the story flowing, you know, and then the ending. <clears throat> well, well, Grandpa, you can come over and read again tomorrow if you'd like. Yeah, and then Peter Falk saying, "As you wish," you know, yes. knowing that that you know the dual meaning that that has, you know, whatever you want, and I love you, um, you know, as established earlier in this movie, uh, it was is just so perfect. Yeah, it's I, just such a perfect thing. And I, I like a quote just before that. When, uh, when Peter Falk closes the book, he's like, ah, you don't want to hear this. It's a kissing scene. Yeah. And then Fred Savage is like, I, I, I could stand to hear, read it here a little more. It made me know so bad. So, so like, like us, he got sucked in. Yeah. Uh, right. would, would any of our audience members like to throw out a favorite scene or any other honorable mentions that you would like to, to bring to light in the movie? Okay. Okay. All right. You know, I will just throw one thing, and it's not any of our awards, but it was just so cool to watch a movie, to look in the background, and go, I remember those toys. Yeah. Leech. I was wondering toys, the, the same yeah. toys. Oh, of course games. I did. There was a Secret Wars <laughs> Captain America. There was He-Man, Grizzlor, and Leech. Uh, from oh the evil horde, and then there uh, was RBI baseball from the Nintendo Entertainment <laughs> yes. System on the screen. He was and, playing. Um, it keeps getting nerdier and nerdier. <laughs> well, I'll, th- I'll throw one for you, Jamie. Okay. There was the fridge. <laughs> yeah, I did notice the, all the, the sports stuff. The ball, the <laughs> I knew you would. There, there was Cubs memorabilia and there was Bear stuff. Everywhere. Yes. Yep. But you know, Sam, you're talking about watching the movie and and bringing back all these memories and stuff. And I'm looking at the people in the in the audience here. As we're talking about these different scenes, and I'm seeing smiles, I'm seeing nods, I'm seeing, you know, yeah, that's I, re- I totally remember it, I totally get that, and that it just brings so much that movie home, yeah. you know, how m- the smile it puts on people's faces as we relive and remember these scenes. It's so great. But you know what? We've talked about the Princess Bride. We've talked about our pans. We didn't have any pans. We've given some awards out. Now it's time to bring it all home. The nerds of the round table have a mission. The world has caught up to us with our beloved Keanu Reeves. Jamie, how does the Princess Bride come back to our beloved, our hero? Dare say, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from Yeah, you were- Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Well, normally this is the part of the show that ta- it usually takes longer to find the Keanu connection than it does to watch the movie. Um, but this is probably my favorite part of the thing we do on our show, is to find some way to relate our, our movie of the week to Keanu Reeves. And there is an actor in this movie who absolutely belongs in the IMDb Hall of Fame. He's been in almost Everything. every animated movie made in the last 10 years. 
Um, he's been in so much TV. He's been in a couple of pretty sketchy movies, actually, if you go back really far down the line. Um, but we know him most from the most important moment of his career when he appeared as the T-Rex in Toy Story 4. That's right. Our Wallace, Wallace Shawn, the scene from this movie, starred with Keanu in Toy Story 4. Where Keanu was... Duke Kaboom, <laughs> the Canadian stuntman. That, that is how the Princess Bride relates back to And that is our Keanu connection of this show. <laughs> so, uh, guys, uh, I really would like to thank everyone for coming out today. Um, it's been a great uh, convention so far. We look forward to a few more hours uh, of that uh, happening and or in interaction and fun with you guys. Um, please... Um, if you don't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. We also have a very active Facebook group that is Nerds of the Roundtable. And we thought we would be clever and spell nerds with a K like the Knigets. It, it was clever on paper. It's not so clever in an audio <laughs> format. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Knerds of the Roundtable there. And, and look for the, uh, the projector a lot of times. That's our logo. There's a small projector there. We also are on Instagram. And Jamie, do we have our next quest lined up? Yes, our next quest is um, the least divisive of the new Star Wars movies, maybe? So far. Yeah, The Force Awakens. Um, we're going to be enjoying J.J. bringing back our beloved Star Wars. Well, this was J.J.'s third go at a Star Wars movie with Star Trek. Star yeah, Trek I mean, those are good Star, Star Wars, Wars movies, yeah. too, okay. but they didn't have the right <laughs> so, title on them. <laughs> so that was that. Okay, so guys... All right, uh, are we done? Anything else? We done? All right, keep it nerdy. Yeah.